Hello everyone and welcome to an unscripted special and something a little bit different for you all coming up shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, let's find out who's in the house. Matt Rogers, hello. Hi Dave, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, really good. Excited to be here. Yeah, had a good week, had a good week. Um, before we go any further, Dave, I wanted yeah. to just double check something. Okay. Are you both comfortable if we do use the video recordings of these? Because I had a bit of a reaction from Key about a minute ago, and it's made me all nervous. I'm comfortable. I'm always comfortable. I've said no. I, it's already on the record that I've said no. I didn't do my hair. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. Because we've got <laughs> something special lined up for tonight, Key, that you're not aware of. Oh no, what do we have lined up? Yeah, I know. Look at your face, all puzzled and confused. I'm nervous. I'm, 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 I'm red with excitement. Before we unveil it, are you well, Key? How are you doing? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really well. Got out of the apartment for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I went and did one of my videos in the nature, in, in the elements, in the sunshine with birds chirping and dogs barking, and it was difficult, challenging, but I think it made for a more entertaining video, so I'm happy I did it. Cool. Yeah. Um, so should we crack on, Dave? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, can you tell me what the surprise is? Well, I'm not sure we need to, because you're, you're the kind of lady that just goes with the flow. Ah! And here we have... Dustin Watton! <laughs> Dustin! The very man you said, oh, we need to do an unscripted with him. <laughs> oh my God! Welcome to Unscripted, oh, so Dustin. How are you? Good morning, good afternoon, I think we're maybe more good Justin, afternoon. it's so nice to meet you, officially, finally. I've followed all of your stuff and these guys know I'm a huge fan of you. I'm so excited that you're on board. <laughs> My, pleasure. Uh, um, My pleasure. Where in the world are you, Dustin? I'm on uh, the North Shore of Oahu right now. I'll give you a little tour. That's Hawaii oh, for those wow. that don't know. Oh, wow. That's the beach. That looks incredible. And what time of day is it? Uh, 9 a.m. Ah, oh, beautiful. Uh, I assume, knowing your lifestyle, you've probably been up and about and doing something pretty cool already this morning, have you? That's <laughs> uh, okay. kind of a slow morning. Meditated, had a nice breakfast, got a big matcha. Yes. So uh, I've actually been taking it really slow. In the beginning of the summer, I just put all of my energy into trying to create and give back, connect with teams, connect with youth players. And I kind of burned myself out. And so the plan was after the season to go to Hawaii before national team to connect with an old friend who played volleyball. Now he's kind of a big wave surfer with his brother-in-law, who's a really big, big, big wave surfer. And he's doing a lot of great things in the spiritual world and developing there. So wanted to link up with him and, and grow in a different wow. way. Wow. So yeah, from Hawaii, Key. Um, awesome. About five minutes ago, Dustin, uh, can we call you Dusty, by the way? I've noticed on Instagram it's Dusty. Yeah. Is that a name that other <laughs> volleyballers call you? Because, I mean, Dave is always keen to get the, you know, the precise volleyball name, not the born name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, on my birth certificate, it's Dustin, but my parents have always called me Dusty. All my best friends have called me Dusty. And when I went to Brazil, they're like, you know, usually they have, like, the first name on the back of the jerseys, like Bruno, Sergio. And they're like, do you want Dustin? And I thought about it. I was like, mm, how about Dusty? <laughs> and so, I don't know. I, when I hear Dusty, it's just like a nice ring. It just feels like family and friends. And more often than not, I just want to extend that reach out to more people. Yeah, it's more so, familiar. It's I like more... Dusty. All right. So you had that yeah. on the jersey in Brazil? Yeah, yeah. And actually, oh, my first, cool. I think my first two years in Poland, 
last year I I was too late to get it back, but assuming I go back to my team this year, I'm going to get dusty again. So I like it. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's a good one. What we're going to do now is record the unscripted. Um, and then afterwards, I'm going to come back in and we're going to chat about it. So You know I hate you so much right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, they, they didn't tell me that you were coming on. You know, Did you know that this was going to be a surprise for me? Yeah. yeah oh, my God. It was yeah. everyone but you. You're evil. <laughs> I'm like sweating so much more than usual. And it's really hot over here in Europe as well, by the way. Yeah, dab yourself. Only because it's hot, not because I'm just good. overwhelmed and nervous and excited and all of the things. So what normally happens is we <clears throat> set up an unscripted and Dave talks to someone and, and then we record it, we edit it, we release it. And then we watch it back and we talk about it on the podcast. But what we're going to do this week is we've done a bit of an intro. You're now going to record the unscripted and Key's going to be a special guest. And then you can go off and go surfing and I will come back and we will talk about it. So we're doing it how it should be done for the first time ever. The only thing that's not fair is that I haven't had any time to prepare any questions, to prepare any information, any like do all my, all my, ins all my, all my insider sort of like, I don't know, investigating. The series is called Unscripted. This is perfect. Um, and about seven minutes ago, you told me you were obsessed with Libros. I did say that. You also told me that you had plenty of things to talk about when we do the unscripted with Dusty. Well, yeah, yes, that is true. true. I did say that. So you are prepared. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I am prepared. Ma by Matt, Matt, you are such an embarrassing yeah. dad, by well, the way. <laughs> just practicing for when my kids are teenagers. So I will leave you three to it. Uh, enjoy the unscripted. Uh, Dusty, thanks for joining. Uh, it's brilliant that you, you've joined us and I'm sure Key will be great as a special guest on your unscripted. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll be around. Just let me know when you're done. Bye. Bye, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Awesome. Dustin Watton, USA Libero, World Championship medalist, played professionally in five countries. But what happens on the court is only part of the story. Plant-based athlete, mentor, disciple of stoicism, speaker, documentary star. Evidence that the journey is more important than the destination. We called to check in and he took us on the journey with him. I can't decide whether that looks delicious or not. I think you two are going to gang up on me here. What's in it? <laughs> matcha. Uh, a little matcha, a little oat milk and um, a little maple syrup. Actually, the founders of this company were... Uh, indoor volleyball players one of them was playing on the beach tour in the avp and just like decided just to start making a matcha company so he got me hooked on it so i love it i, I like most athletes i love a good caffeine rush but this has l-theme <laughs> and so it kind of cool, cools and uh calms the nervous system rather than this explosion and down so do you like it nice... also for the taste or is it an no. acquired taste um, it can definitely be acquired taste. If you put maple syrup in it, it'll taste great. Sweeten it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have to talk about volleyball at some point. Um, no. And, oh, come on, Key. Don't do this to me. <laughs> All I want to talk about is making movies and drinking matcha. And... <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But uh, you mentioned Poland there. Any news? Will you be returning next year? Or, or have you got a club? Is that at the forefront of your mind right now? Yeah. So, uh <laughs> A lot of drama. Uh, yeah. This is like my, I guess I've had a couple of run-ins with a little drama, but uh, I don't know. I mean, my, I have a great agent. I have a, I work with Nisei in Finland and the Mihalik brothers in Poland. 
And so uh, just full trust into them. I think there will be a solution. Um, it's, it's not final, but uh, I don't know. I'm not too worried where I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the years I've, I've really clinged on to things that aren't in my control, contracts, where I'm going to play, you know, just clinging on to it. And this clinging breeds suffering, right? And so luckily I'm in a good place here in Hawaii with my friend. And so it's just like, if I don't get a contract, I'm going to be fine. Like I had one of my best years as a pro. And so I, if I don't get the contract, I'll get picked up. And if I don't get picked up for whatever reason, like I'll find the beauty of it somehow. But uh, I do believe it, it will work out. So we'll see. Well, what a great answer. <laughs> you can't but as far as that, I'm really curious, and you're, you've been public about this on your Instagram, so I know it has been a bit of drama, but how could they, so they signed you and then they just decided they've changed their mind, but it was contractual, or how did they? Yeah, I signed a two-year contract last year, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything rude. I, I The president, he's the overarching president of volleyball, football, and hockey, and he's just trying to do his best to save money, cut money. Um, it seems, from speaking of my agent and lawyers, it seems what he did um, was uh, not legal. And so if they don't want to renegotiate, then we can go to the court and get both contracts. So I would like to, I would like to earn my money. Uh, I would like to still represent the fans of Katowice and if you watch Polish volleyball, not just that, but the fans of Polish volleyball, because they support every team. And uh, of course, my teammates, we did something really special last year. All of the guys on our team, really none of them were starters in the Blues League of the year before. All of them were like third middles, uh, third outsides. Uh, me and the setter didn't even play in Poland. And we did something really amazing, got sixth place. And so uh, it was just a great feeling. It, it was one of those teams where the coach would be like, all right, practice is over you guys can go home if you want to stay the whole team stays and it's just like yeah. wow like and so I also want to come back for those guys like those guys mm -hmm. are my brothers and to get one more season because this year it's going to be even crazier because a lot of the talent from Brazil from Argentina from Italy are going to Poland and our team didn't really reload we're losing our best player and so it's going to be even harder but I think this challenge is something I want to be in or once again, it's going to be uh, the group of us rather than just individual players on the court. And uh, we just really believe in each other, believe in ourselves. And we all understand the hard work that you have to put in Monday through Friday when no one's looking. So you mentioning the fans there from a, a professional perspective and from a personal perspective, it must be really nice that people are interested in whether or not you're coming back to Poland and people want you to come back to Poland. That must be a nice thing to experience. Yeah, you know, it is. It, it does really feel nice. Uh, you know, I, I love stoicism. One of the things I like about a lot of this dichotomy control, some things that are completely up to us, some things aren't. My reputation isn't up to me, right? Hmm. You can say in the volleyball court with like coaches making decisions on rosters. It, you can even be like the best player, but maybe they want to take a younger player to develop them. Or when I'm speaking to kids, I talk about relationships, right? You can be the most loving, gentle, compassionate, trustworthy boyfriend. But you know what? You can't control how that person perceives you. So my reputation isn't up to me. 
And so it does feel good that, um, you know, people in a sense, respect my work, the love I bring to the court, you know, the passion we have for volleyball, it's very mutual. And I just feel like I have a home in Poland where I really want, I believe in hard work. I believe in intentional hard work and, um, being someone that's very loving and compassionate for my guys, always having their back. And I think it just resonates with Polish people. Polish people are so loving, trusting, welcoming, but if they have to fight, they're going to fight. And so I really love um, the character of Poland and it's just happened to be a nice match. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because that was something I really wanted to ask you about because I can tell from meeting you that you're sort of very open-minded, very sort of free-thinking and, you know, winning the match might not be the be-all and end-all. But with regards to, to Polish people in the Plus Liga, there's, it is very physical. There's that sort of big chest-beating alpha male. Certainly, mm. it, it appears that way. Um, is that the case? And, you know, does your sort of approach to the game sometimes, does it ever clash or is it a, just a properly good fit? And are the appearances deceiving? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In Poland and in Brazil, right? Big alpha male. I'm the man. Give me the ball. But, you know, so much of that is reliant upon the outcome, right? And so I give the example to younger athletes if you start the game with three perfect passes, ooh, 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 that fourth ball, you're like, yeah, because you're focusing on the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're allowing the game to develop, and however the game develops, you absorb it. What happens if you have the first three serves, you don't even pass it, hits off the tape ace, hits the sideline ace, hits the other sideline ace, balls that you thought were out, but were aces. So you start the game now with three aces. Well, if you were focusing so much on the outcome, how are you going to feel now? It's going to be like, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, you know, looking to the sideline. And so, yeah, you know, when things are going well, get excited. Like for me, I like to get excited for my teammates more than myself to give, to give, to give. And then when things aren't going well, it's back to the breath, back to the breath. Maybe I won't be a hundred percent confident, focused and clear, but can I be 95, 98, 97, rather than we just lost 25-12 and everything's like here because I'm just focusing too much on the outcome and it's all or nothing. Like I'm the man and if I'm not the man, then who am I? And so um, I think it's a balance. Um, I think about it a lot, sometimes going to the game, kind of letting my ego come out, right? Where it's like, I'm better than you. I, there's the other, right? And because the other isn't as good, then I'm better. Uh, so I mess around with that. But I think the biggest thing is just being present as much as I can, coming back to my breath. And so each play, it's zero, zero in that next ball uh, mentality. Mm. Yeah, I like hey, it. Tell me, tell me I wasn't right that this is going to be an amazing conversation. It will be an amazing conversation. I'd always see the life of a, of a professional as, as everything is competitive and you have to be competitive to the nth degree. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're not going to be in the starting six or you, you know, you're not going to go to the next championship, but it sounds dusty. Like that's something that you've kind of had to cast aside. And the, what, what you mentioned before in the fact that not everything is in your control, how does that affect your competitive nature? Yeah, I, I think I like it a lot because by latching on and clinging to the things that aren't completely in our control, right? 
So say, for example, like I'm pushing here and these things that are completely in my control, mm -hmm. these can trickle over to those things that are not completely in our control, right? By, by being competitive, by going for every ball, this will help go to our team winning the match or me playing well. But it's not complete. I can't step on the court and say, I'm going to play perfect. We're going to win, you know? There's other factors in play. And so rather than like holding tight to it and getting tense and angry, just release and like, okay, good play by other team. Like now next to them, now off to the next ball. Mm -hmm. Or if a training block didn't go well, and I didn't make the team, I go back to my ability to set goals. How can I set better goals? How can I set better intentions? How can I be more precise with my actions before, before practice, after practice? Can I be more purposeful outside of practice, reading, meditating? And so always recalibrating, right? And so I think the big thing is just be, being competitive with yourself mm. and our ability at the end of the day, I'm a big fan of journaling. So setting intentions in the beginning of the day, what's my purpose? And at the end of the day, recalibrating um, what went well. I think it's important to say what went well because as athletes, we're perfectionists, right? And if it wasn't perfect, it was awful. What went well, we're taking steps, right? We're taking steps. doesn't have to be huge. It can be small, but three things that went well. What was the biggest test? Being honest with yourself. What did I learn from it? What do I want to improve tomorrow? What can I do differently tomorrow? So always recalibrating day after day, day after day, after day after day. And just being my best self, you know? Maybe I can't be, maybe I can't be the best little bit in the world, but I can be the best Dusty I can be. Hmm. That's exactly right. I was going to say the same thing, competitive with yourself and just be the best version of you. And there's nothing else anyone can ask from you or you can ask from yourself. Let's talk USA men's national team then, because as a Brit watching international sports, that USA brand is, is iconic. You know, it's, it's glamorized over here. I don't know if it's Hollywood or, or whatever, but we kind of look on those three big letters across your chest as one of the pinnacles. So how did you first find out that you were going to be selected for the senior team? And what are your, what are your memories of your first camps and your first games for the USA? Yeah, so my journey was very long to get on the national team. Um, the first summer I spent with the team was in 2009. We had like a B team, the Pan Am team. Yeah. So I was able to sneak on on that team. They already had a libero chosen, but I had a really good trial. So I took two liberos. And in the finals, the other libero wasn't playing that well. I came in, played well. We won the gold medal. That led to three more years on the Pan Am team. Three more years of being in the USA gym, but never training. There was a uh, Rich Lambor at the time and Alfie Reft, and those were the only two guys on the court. Um, it helped and hindered me that the head coach at the time was my college coach, and he told me he didn't want to play favorites, and so those are the two liberos, and I just – so I waited for four years, just waiting, 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 cleaning the floors, calling lines, just waiting. And then at the end of the summer, I'd play with the young team. The next squad, we had a new coach. Really excited, you know, the – the previous year, we won gold medal. I got best digger in that tournament. Really excited. That professional year, even though I was in the French two league, we did really well. I got best libero. And I got back, and the first conversation I had was, uh, we have three liberos, and you're not one of them. Thank you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, I kind of panicked, and I was just like, uh, can I just stay and help clean the floors and pepper? And you could tell the coach like had to go do something. He's like, yeah, if you want. like. And so for the next two years, I was pretty much like a volunteer coach. 
Um, I never played in drills. Everyone had like, we had like a whole new coaching staff, new data volley. So everyone actually had like a jersey with numbers. I was the only person that just had like a regular shirt. And uh, same thing, just cleaning the floors, calling lines, getting reps after practice. If people didn't want to get reps, I would just bounce balls and set to the, myself to the target. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, chop wood, carry water. I was just trying to get in there. I think I was making like $250 a month. <laughs> that was like my salary. Maybe I'd even have a salary those months. But uh, I just believe that with time, I'd continue to develop. And as a professional, in those eight months, I could really develop with the intent, the intention I was bringing. So it wasn't until 2015, I made, um, I made the World League roster. And uh, Reed Pretty was traveling as a libero because he was hurt. But he was so hurt that he couldn't travel to the finals. And I remember watching as the head coach had a discussion with the coach that was training the other group of guys. And I was like, oh, my gosh. For some reason, it was just like, he's asking who played better, like me and Alfie, the other libero. And I was like, it was me. I played better. And I was, like, watching it all unfold because I was, like, journaling on the bench. I was like, this is happening. And then they looked over at me. I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. And they're like, hey, come practice with us today. And I was okay. And I played really well for those two days. And the assistant coach was like, hey, uh, we want to bring you to Brazil. And I was just like, what? And he's like, but I don't think it's possible because, you know, you have to get a visa of two days. And I was like, what? And so it's like, you should probably go now. Like I was lifting. He's like, go now and try and get it. So I went to the Brazilian consulate. There was like no line and I was able to get it. And it was so funny in Brazil. I played there a year before. And so I got to Brazil. I was just like, Oh, I'm in Brazil. So happy <laughs> national team. I finally made it. And uh, it was so nice. I, my, my former Brazilian agent was there. He gave me some new, like, this is like when I was working for Mizuno, some new Mizuno shoes. And before the semifinal match, I was like, oh, what should I wear? I had these Nikes. I had Mizunos. And but the Mizunos were like super like uh, bougie, like, but they were like a size too big, like a full size too big. <laughs> And uh, I remember I was talking to Murphy Troy. I was like, what should I wear? And he's like, wear the Mizunos. I'm like, ah, they're too big. He's like, come on, you're not going to play. And I'm like, okay, I'll wear the Mizunos. <laughs> so it was us against Serbia. We lose the first set. We're getting crushed the second set. Eric goes for a ball in the bleachers. The coach just like, uh, Sprawl just like lit us up for like the effort. Like, effort's terrible. So there's a ball going in the bleachers. Eric went for it and like went down. And I was like, Eric's not getting up. Eric's not getting up. And Lotman looked at me. He's like, I think you have to go in. I was like, uh, no. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, I think you got to go in. And then Spra, I always remember Spra's like, look, he goes back to me. He's like, <laughs> I have to play Dustin. <laughs> and then I'm just like, Argh. and I was like, I had to go pee really bad. And I was just like thinking about it. I was like, ready to go run and go pee. And I turned around and Paul grabbed my jersey. He's like, you're going in. And I think it was like 15,000 people. It was the gym where they played the Olympics at for volleyball. Like 15,000 people. And we just knocked Brazil off in a weird way by letting France win the fourth, the third set. And so the Brazilians thought there was like a fix in. And the Brazilians were not having any of us. So they were just <laughs> booing the entire time, throwing the birds. Uh, so I went in and I was like, 
I think List Natural is like the first server. I'm like, I didn't even know who these players are. Like Serbia, and then we played Poland. I didn't know who these players were. I had no idea, you know. I was just like, Phew. and I look, I'm like, I got this. And I looked down at my feet, and uh, I saw the Mizuno <laughs> shoes on, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> And like, I, if they had like the camera, like on my eyes, my eyes would be like this, like, oh no. <laughs> but uh, it was like the two best games I've ever played in my life because uh, we ended up losing in five. There was like a couple of really fishy calls in the fifth set. But after that Serbia game, coach, the assistant coaches came over. They were so proud of me because they were the ones that really helped me going. Even the announcers for USA came over and they gave me hugs. They were like, wow, we can't believe like the game you play. Like, it wasn't like I was like passing like here, here. I was like this and like this and like one arm here, one arm there, kicking balls, you know. It was just like uh, if you ever watched the movie Caddyshack, you know, the guy <laughs> having the best yeah. day ever. And then same thing against Poland. I just had like the best game of my career and we won in three. And it was just like, wow. It's like all, all that time spent, you know, I could have been at the beach with my friends, whatever, but I was just like in the gym for six years just – calling lines, wiping the floors, doing it, get, never really getting a chance to play. And then finally, after like six years, getting that World League roster as like the third libero and finally getting a shot. And so it just felt great that like the, the faith and belief in myself was right. And it wasn't necessarily like I did it. It's like I was able to do it with my friends. And so uh, – that was my journey to the national team. How much was 2005 Dustin, who was just starting out at university, like 2020 Dustin, who <laughs> seems like he's very much in control of who he is and what he wants and where he's going? Yeah, great question. So coming out of high school, I didn't really have a lot of friends. In middle school, going to high school, all my friends went here and I went there. I didn't fit in at all. I didn't fit in at all. So going into college, I was seeking, I was craving. I just wanted to feel love. I wanted to feel whole. And I grew up and was more or less conditioned by this MTV culture, right? You drink, you have muscles, you have the cool party, you'll get the friends, you'll get the girls. And so that's what I was seeking. You know, I was seeking fame, notoriety, um, friends, status, the love of women. And I saw a lot of that through alcohol and partying. And so I was just seeking, you know, I just didn't feel whole. I didn't feel loved. And so I'd act out. I was a little snarky. I like to say things that uh, really didn't cause any benefit for anyone except for my own gratification and my own ego. And I just wanted to fulfill myself with regards to status, whether it was like how strong I was, how good I was, my place on the team. Was I a great player? Was I a great partier? Did women love me? And so that's who I was in college. I was just constantly seeking and looking for love um, by doing things that really didn't positively affect anyone except myself. And actuality really didn't affect me positively at all. So I think that's just a lot of seeking. Go Do you ahead. think that's one of the reasons why you wanted to go pro then, to sort of seek that notoriety and that fame? I didn't even think I was good enough to play pro. You know, oh, all, okay. all throughout my journey, I wasn't that great. And for those people that are not familiar with the college system, um, I was a redshirt. I was a walk-on redshirt. 
I didn't get any scholarship money. My first year, I wasn't even good enough to train with the team. I was just there kind of lifting weights. And I didn't really play my first full season until my fourth year. So I played two full seasons, my fourth and my fifth year. And after that, I was like, well, I'll go to a college, be a volunteer assistant, get my master's paid for and coach because I like coaching. I like teaching. My parents are both teachers. And uh, my assistant coach was like, oh, you're probably good enough. We can write the national team. I was like, okay, that's cool. So I got to the national team. And like I mentioned, my first year, I made the Pan Am team. And everyone went pro after the Pan Ams. And I was like the only person to stay home with another guy who had like a bad knee. And I was just like, well, I should probably try and go pro. But I didn't get my contract that first year. And then the second year, I finally got a contract in Finland. And then from there, I was just so, so overwhelmed and so happy that someone put their trust in me to give me a contract that I just like worked as hard as I could to play well. But once again, you know, the, the fates didn't have it in my best interest to move on. I had to go back to Finland another year. And so it was a really slow grind, but it's just whatever I do, I just try to do it to my best of my ability. And then once again, if it's not that great, or even if it is great, I still try to recalibrate and see how I can be a little bit better. So it was a slow grind. My first year, I didn't get a contract. Then Finland, which is you know arguably one of the lowest leagues in the world. The Finland round two. And then the French B League. And so I finally got my break and made it to Brazil my fifth year. The stories of consistent perseverance are is inspiring. Does that sound a little bit too eggy? <laughs> I was going to say, you, did there ever come a point where you thought maybe there's something else that I should be doing? Because I think it seems like you just weren't deterred by anything or anyone or any situation you were just like this is what i'm meant mm -hmm. to be doing mm. and this is what i will end up doing no matter what it takes i think just recently i've started to become more familiar with the ego reading uh, eckhart tolle's books and how the ego functions but i think a lot of it wasn't necessarily perseverance it's just like clinging to the status that my ego felt most comfortable with with dustin watt and pro professional level player dustin watt and team usa and I didn't want, to leave, didn't want to leave or let go of the status because I felt good for my ego to be someone of significance, professional volleyball player, team USA player. And so I was just stubborn. I didn't want to lose this, uh, this feeling of, again, of kind of feeling whole, feeling loved because I had this um, status of, as a professional volleyball player. And so I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're so strong, you're so courageous. And I was like, yeah, if anything, I was just more weak and I was just afraid to lose uh, this title. It sounds now like you're at the point in your life when when it is time to say goodbye to volleyball that that's something you'll accept and you'll move on to whatever the next thing is. For sure yeah this year I've had a lot of offers on different jobs. Uh, met a really beautiful girl that makes me almost reconsider playing volleyball and maybe staying home but uh, for me I think there's still uh, there's still some gas left in the tank I really like the lifestyle as I can pursue and read and meditate way more than I could in a regular job kind of started some side businesses a little NEB noisy buckets um, and been uh, creating some video courses online for younger kids to do and so I just want to be able to empower the younger version of myself, right? When I was young, I started when I was 14. 
<clears throat> most guys I play against overseas start when they're seven, maybe when they're 10. And so there's so many athletes around the world, especially in America, that love the sport so much. But you know what? They're not really sure. They're a little anxious. Can I make it to the next level? Do I have what it takes? I'm not from a volleyball dense region. And so I want to help, help them be their guide, help them with the mindfulness aspect, the mental aspect, emotional aspect, and then also technical, show them how I learn and help them level up much quicker. And so that's something that's been um, really fun to do, working with some teams on Zoom calls this summer and just being of service. And I think I can be of greater service as a professional rather than an ex-professional. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as a competitor, I still love the challenge, you know, every day being a little bit better, learning, competing. And uh, I don't know. I think when the time comes, I will, I will definitely bow out graciously and uh, feel the abundance and the glow of everything I've experienced rather than the lack of what's going forward. But uh, also being conscious and mindful of creating my life, my future now, rather than waiting for uh, when volleyball decides it's had enough of me. <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting what you say there, particularly with uh, showing the youngsters the pathway in volleyball, because for an American, and, and you know this to an extent as well, Key, going through the college system mm. there, it's different to, to most sports that Americans excel at, because if you think, I don't know, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, track and field, you are born in America, you go to college in America, and you, and you stay in America throughout your career, whereas volleyball mm. provides you with the opportunity to travel to different countries, different continents, and experience the world through necessity as much as everything as anything because you need to do that to, to get a pro contract but that's an incredible opportunity and, and it looks like you are going to attempt to help some people take those steps yeah some people i mean some people really resist it it's like a means to an end it's like well to play a national team i have to do it there's some guys that really love it my friend max holt um, and i talk about it a lot it's like how lucky are we to travel different countries learn about different cultures, experience firsthand how people prioritize happiness. What does happiness and joy mean to them? Coming from LA, maybe it's like, and of course I'm exaggerating, but the amount of followers you have, do you have a blue check? What movie premiere are you going to? Who are you seeing with? What restaurants are you going to? What car you have? Where do you live? What parties are you going to? In Finland, for example, happiness is in the summer, you go to a sauna and detach from everything with your family, you know, Poland, you know, a lot of family time. And so there's different ways to perceive happiness and it shouldn't just be like where I happen to be born. Those are the values and priorities that resonate with me. So traveling around the world, I've been able to absorb and let everything saturate within myself and realizing, do I like this? Do I like that? How can I bring this wherever I want to live? And so I love this, really. I really love this about being able to travel. Of course, there's a lot of times where you're lonely, maybe even depressed, sad. But in these moments, too, we learn the most about ourselves because we're there by ourselves alone. And it's only up to us to sit with ourselves, to sit with our thoughts, and to make something out of it. And I think the longer you do it, the longer you realize that nothing's changing back home. You're not missing out on anything by living overseas. You know, sometimes I say to the guys, they, they sort of say, oh, would you rather play in the States if there was a pro league there? 
And I don't think that I would. I think one of the best parts is the travel and the meeting and exactly like you say, the cultures and just an experience that you could never have just staying at home your whole life. So I, I recommend young players, if you're thinking about doing it, don't just do it one year, stick it out. Yeah, it's, it's just difficult if you go into something. It's uh, the people that don't make it out. It's lack and scarcity. I'm missing this. I'm missing that. Oh, it's so cold here. <laughs> rather than just Not accepting here in it. <laughs> hey, uh, rather than just accepting it and then just moving on. So I think that's, uh, it's difficult for some Americans, but I think, I believe uh, the national team uh, gets the best characters at the end of the day because we have to suffer, suffer so much being overseas away from family and friends. And so when you come back, it's like, this is what I'm, this is what I've been working for. And you're like, just firing on a different level when you come back with the boys and the national team. Same thing you kind of see with Canadians too. Uh, not, not to knock on Canadians, but Canadians don't have like the top, top players in the world. But when they come back together as a unit, they're stronger than almost any team. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. I'm, I'm well aware that you're in Hawaii and you've got surfing to do. Um, but I am really interested to talk about the, the filmmaking side of things, and in particular, uh, the documentary key, the one that really caught mm. your eye. So what was it you loved about that documentary key? Well, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I know, obviously, the, it was a film company. Did they come to you and say, hey, let's do this? Or are you guys friends already? I got a great story. Yeah, so, please do. So as most people know, I'm a vegan athlete. And so one day I got a DM of uh, this girl she's kind of like a vegan influencer and she has like a little gang her and two other girls and they have a show called um the vegan view kind of a play <laughs> off the american show the view <laughs> and uh they were like would you like to come up to hollywood and film uh episode of the vegan view and i was like absolutely best <laughs> day ever like why not so i get there they let me in and they're like okay like we have to go change because they were just filming all day and I'm looking around, I was like, what's going on with this equipment? I was like, this is amazing. And there was a guy in there. And so they went upstairs and changed. I was like, uh, what's up, man? I was like, what's going on with all this? <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'm one of their boyfriends. And we started talking. He went to Long Beach State too. And we just had like a really good conversation, just like a very, very cool guy. And we had a great conversation. You can find it on YouTube. Um, we talked a lot about stoicism, how I got into plant-based and how kind of going into plant-based nutrition was kind of the, the foundational shift into other things, mindfulness, meditation, stuff like that. And uh, at the end, the girls were like, wow, like, that was such a fun conversation. I was like, oh, you thought so? I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I was just like, just talking. And the guy was like, man, that was so cool. It's like, and uh, they did the documentary for, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, Long Beach State Legacy. So he was like, you know, we were looking to do a passion project. Would you like to do something? And I was just like, sure. Because, like, I, we got off really long. I was like, man, if, if you ever want to grab a smoothie bowl, come over, hang out. Because his girlfriend's like, he doesn't have any vegan friends. I was like, oh, I don't have any vegan friends. Like, we can, be, we can be smoothie friends. And so, yeah, we just finally got together. And uh, it was, like, two full days of shooting. And uh, when he sent it to me, I was just like, what? I was like, this is amazing. You guys made me look so cool. Um, so that that was just awesome. I was so lucky to do that. But anyways, yeah. What was your favorite part? Please tell me. 
because it was I, so I, good. I went the away whole from thing, that. No, the whole thing was so good. It was just so beautifully done. Exactly as you said, yeah. like, I didn't know you, but I was like, this guy looks awesome. <laughs> just from that little six minute clip. And it was, it was inspiring. It made me look good. It yeah. made me look good. Yeah. Um, right. We actually, after, after the, the deep dive we've taken into enlightenment, this all seems a little bit churlish now, but we, we play a game called Simply the Best during these unscripted. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'm not expecting a straight answer, but I want to know what you think the best thing in each category is, okay? Okay. Cool. Um, the best sport that isn't volleyball? Basketball. The best American athlete, sports person of all time? Ooh, I'll say I'll say Kobe Bryant. All right. The best music to listen to before a game. Meditation doesn't count. <laughs> I like Deep House. The best moment of your career. Uh, winning that bronze medal against Poland, 2015. The best atmosphere you've ever experienced. Ooh. I think uh, playing in Brazil and Maringa. The best place in the world volleyball's taken you. Hmm. Oh, that's good. Uh, I'll say Brazil just because it was so so crazy and so crazy different. The best thing about being a pro. Suffering. With by yourself. <laughs> The best food to eat after a game? Ooh, these are some good questions. After a game, I was going to, pho is for like number one, but after a game, uh, I like my post game smoothie. I'll pack a smoothie with me. I like that. Okay. Uh, best vegan smoothie? Okay. Kale, frozen bananas, dates, cinnamon, almond butter, cucumber, a uh, pinch of ginger, a pinch of turmeric. A little black pepper. Sounds and great. Milk. I'll tell you what the uh, the cucumber the cucumber sent me west then, and it sent you there as well. He's like going through all these ingredients, and we were like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And then you've gone cucumber. It, it was from my talking. friend. It, yeah, it's from my friend. He, uh, I met him in Berlin. He actually just he's a CEO of a pea milk. You can get your hands on. It's amazing. But he introduced me to parsley. I'll throw in there too: parsley and cucumber in your smoothies. Amazing. Yeah. Parsley is amazing. If you want like an energy kick, best thing ever. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I've got a bit of an axe to grind with volleyball and we've been, we've been talking about so much volleyball. other stuff. It's completely <laughs> slipped my mind. I've watched many games of volleyball over the years, not nearly as much as you two, but I have never, ever seen a Libero be awarded the MVP. What yeah, is that for that? I think only Sergio, only Sergio, but <laughs> he's the go. I think, yeah, there's there's some some liberos that can do one skill really well, but not others. But I think Sergio, Genia, Zatorski, those guys should get a lot more credit. Those guys are great. Mm. All right. Well, I will uh, I will watch this space and maybe I'll get a chance to announce you as an MVP one day. But until we speak again, <laughs> look after yourself, Dusty. See you, mate. Bye bye. Bye, Dusty. So nice to meet you. Well, that was Dustin Watton. We've got rid of him. Key's still here. Matt's re-arrived um, and you made your unscripted debut key. 
much well a, a surprise debut as well i feel a little bit as though we threw you under the bus because usually your preparation is so perfect and you know you are very much um an example of organization is the key to success but we kind of took away all your tools and asked you to asked you to build Matt's outdoor kitchen. So how do you think it went? And you'll see it on the on the video as well because I think I was a little bit flabbergasted and didn't have I didn't have the words. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> you absolutely threw me under the bus. Well, one of the reasons, Key, was I wanted you to learn how it is to not be so organised because you can't always plan, <laughs> um, and quite often the opportunities we get at events are last minute and surprise. So yeah, very much what we were after, and your reaction was priceless. Mm. yeah perfect 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 um okay the first question i always ask you is what struck a chord with you about dustin watton i'm still speechless no (laughs) (laughs) i i mean he's he's as i expected i i've i follow him and i have been keeping an eye on his sort of movements on social media and he's been on my radar because of exactly what he talked about he does a lot of work outside of volleyball you know, connecting with kids and with coaches and with um, other players. And he seems, you know, the video editing stuff and the no easy buckets and the sort of branding of himself. He's done a really good job of that. And that's why he's been, for all of those reasons and more, he's been on my on my radar. So it was really cool to talk to him. Yeah. He's been on the most amazing journey, both as a player and as a person. And I think in his early 30s now I think he's one of the few people who whether he is or he isn't he certainly appears to be in control of who he is fully aware of of what he is and having a pretty good idea of of where he's going and I think that's for for people with those characteristics you usually expect them to be like super driven and super single-minded but he seems to be the complete antithesis of that and I felt very calmed by yeah. his aura. Does that sound <laughs> Well, it's much, funny because as he was talking about the story of, of perseverance with the national team, he this was before he had dis- discovered stoicism and his sort of current way of thinking. So he might have been a little bit more, this is going to happen no matter what. This is my dream. No one's going to take it away from me. It's, it's outside of my control, but I'm going to make it happen kind of thing. And now he's sort of, eased into a little bit more of life will flow there's an ebb and flow and whatever's in my control is in my control and I think it's it's easier to live that way but it takes effort I think every day you have to choose that kind of attitude and that kind of reaction to the world around you but once you do then you can be a little bit more calm on the inside it's clearly working for him I mean he's in Hawaii yeah, it looked beautiful. I mean, the one yeah. one clip we saw as he as he turned yeah. his uh, his device around. Yeah, so, gorgeous. Yeah, and did you connect on a vegan yeah. level as well, Key? <laughs> well, I'm not entirely oh, vegan. You're not entirely I've, I've sworn off all kind of animal meats, but I don't. I still do have a little bit of cheese every now and then, or a bit of milk. So I, I'm, a, I'm after, a, I'm after talking to him, have you like <laughs> shifted a bit further, or are you? Quite well, it's happy funny. He doesn't. He's not pushing that on anyone. He's not saying this is the only way, and everyone else should be that. Which is kind of what I do with you guys whenever we talk about meat eating. You can push as much <laughs> as you like. It's not going to make a difference. <laughs> so he's obviously a much better person than I am. But um, 
it's yeah I, I think it's I think it is it's the way of the future just in general because of it's kind of just the way I feel but I'm not I'm not there yet it takes it's going to take a little bit more dedication and discipline on my part to get to full veganism but one step at a time and it seems his story to the national team is completely the oh. opposite to yours key because you were not even thinking about it and all of a sudden there was an open door with a ticket to the olympics i mean you couldn't yeah. get two opposite scenarios if you tried that is an interesting point but it's it's funny because i feel that i'm a little bit i've i know that i've been so lucky with all of the opportunities that i've got but I'm a very much a go with the flow kind of person. I would, I would never have the discipline and the grit and the, the perseverance that he had to have that kind of, this is how it's going to be and I'm going to make it happen. Because I really do see the world as infinite opportunities. You think, if you, just, if you have tunnel vision and think this is the only thing that I want, I'm not going to work until I get it, maybe you will get it. But that's not to say that other things that could have happened in your life wouldn't have been equally purposeful and amazing. So I'm very more like, oh, let's see what happens. Go with the flow. Oh, the Olympics. Okay, I'll do that. So like, never, oh, we're going to yeah. talk about Sammy Brizio. Oh, no, wait. Dustin Watkins just <laughs> yeah. joined the call. Very much go with the flow. Yeah, it was evident it. at the moment when it happened. I was, ner- I was nervous, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys pushed me out of my comfort zone, but I would have liked to have done my hair, is all I'm saying. We, we, were, we were bigging up the hair for at least two minutes before we went live as well. We were like, oh, it's, it looks lovely that's, today. Now I know why. When we, when we first came on and Matt said, you've done something different to your hair. It's <laughs> like, what? Why do you care? Well, I, I was worried a little bit scrubby. about being on camera when you weren't expecting. But I mean, once I saw it, I thought, yeah, she looks fresh, obviously. Showered up. I don't look fresh tonight. to anyone who's listening. I just went for a run, had a shower, and I've just come with my hair well, tied Judge in for a yourselves, bun. people. Go and watch the unscripted. Uh, yes do 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 well before we put that national team story in a box then you two have you two have met a lot of volleyball players in your lives um still currently playing retired players young players old players the the full scope across all manner of levels what was the what was the journey from his first camp to his full team debut key was it like six years or something like that how many how many players do you know who would have persevered and called lines and trained on their own and just 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 turned up and just been there and 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 on that i don't know it seemed as though at one point he was the Mm. like fourth or fifth choice libero if that and there were young players coming through were getting selected ahead of him how many players do you know who would have persevered because i don't know many and and a lot would say yeah oh yeah i definitely do that you know playing for the national team's the dream and it's all well and good thinking that and talking a good game but he's done it and i i think that's remarkable I, I can't so think yeah how many players but also having said that yeah i think maybe players like you said they would do it one year or two years and then they would sort of all right i get the picture but maybe almost because he was so determined, the coaches then realized, this guy's not going away. Let's give him a shot. <laughs> so he maybe did manifest it for himself. And also, the more you invest in something, obviously, the more you've invested. So the more you're like, I've got to get a return on this. <laughs> so, so maybe it got to the point where it's like, I've done it for three years. I've got to do it until something happens or else it's a yeah. waste of three years. Oh, now it's four years. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can tell you I wouldn't have done six years. And, and I could tell you a couple of years that I think may have done multiple years, but six, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I know anyone that would. But now he's 
got international medals, incredible experiences. And even though he is realistic about his chances of getting a call to the Tokyo team, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes the stars align, and and who's to say that they won't take two Liberos and he won't get a shot? Time will so tell. I, I did enjoy the story about the shoes as well. Have you <laughs> ever had any sort of kit? The thing is, it was like his that choice. Here? That's what I couldn't believe. Matt, just to fill you in, I don't know if you want to keep this in, but he said he. <laughs> He had the choice between wearing two pairs of shoes. One was just a Nike pair and one was like a brand new Mizuno that were really decked out. And he said, oh, they're too big. I won't wear them. But I'm not going to play anyway, so I'll wear the shoes that are too big because they look cool. And then he actually ended up on the court. Oh, really? For his debut. <laughs> so he's six years and then he was on yeah. the court in big shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I was, I was amazed that he chose that because he seems so professional in every other aspect. That that would have for me that would have been an absolute mm. no-brainer. He would choose the shoes that he would get the best performance in, not the ones that look cool. But as time as as time well, has shown, or as the scoreboard would say, he actually said he he had one of his best performances in those shoes. Is that right? Well, he covered more of the court, didn't he? So, <laughs> so over the weeks when we've had these discussions, we've talked about the different energies and the different connections that that I've made with. Uh, the players that I have unscripted with, I have never felt that way after an unscripted the way I did with with Dustin. I was just completely at ease, and it's interesting you mention him as a as a storyteller, Key, because there are different kinds of good s- storytellers, and some people tell great stories, uh, and you know they'll look you in the eye and they'll wave their hands around and they'll gesticulate and they'll their voice will go up and down and they'll take you on the journey with them but with him he just brought me in <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of movement there you know his his voice doesn't accentuate syllables in the way that you know other people who you'd automatically associate with being a storyteller but I was I was on the journey with him it was just a an absolute pleasure to to listen to everything that he told me particularly because the content of the stories was great as well but uh, yeah I just I loved listening to him and I and I felt completely relaxed and at ease the whole time and then when he left us I was just and like, then I oh, came I in could, and you're like oh I could have a, okay yeah yeah I, I but I could just you know I've I was supposed to be going for a 5k run afterwards, but I think I'm just going to sort of have a great night's sleep now. I sometimes do those breathing techniques if I can't sleep at night. Just close your eyes and just breathe in and out and just try to empty your brain. It's really great. I don't know if it would work during volleyball for me. I might. Yeah. My brain would start going otherwise, but sleeping, it helps. And Key, how is it to get crash and unscripted? I mean, you've watched a lot of them if not all of them I know it's funny because I've gotten used to this I've gotten used to this podcast Better setup and kind of hitting our hitting our group and now that I know that that's going to be going live <laughs> people are going to see it <laughs> um, um, I hope I don't know we'll and it see. genuinely was unscripted because you had no it was idea genuinely it was the real unscripted thing but thanks for doing the notes for Sammy Bridget I know <laughs> you will use them eventually I guess we're not doing it tonight <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll be, I'll be extra ready when, when we get to hers. Did you enjoy it, Key? I did. I think I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had been prepared. 
because I was just starting to get comfortable. You know, you got you brought me in on two podcasts already, and I was starting to think, oh, okay, yeah. Once, once I do enough preparation and I feel that I'm ready to go into the conversation with, you know, with with ar- armed with enough questions and information about the person, I feel that I've done my homework. I feel that I'm, I can do a good job. I I would say I, I enjoyed it, but I was I I would have probably enjoyed it more if I had known I was getting going to be brought in. Then it wouldn't have been as fun for you guys. <laughs> Well, no, but then it then it would be like unscripted <laughs> for Dave, but scripted for Keith. That just doesn't work as a title. <laughs> we'll try it out. We'll test it out. On what I will say is, Keith, I don't. I well, it is unscripted. I don't sort of make. I don't write the questions down, but I do have some notes and some things that I'd like to talk about, and all of that changed and went out of the window, and I mm. asked hardly anything that I had stuff for because it was just. It was just the way the conversation went. This wasn't, this wasn't a regular unscripted. You know, we didn't yeah. talk about a specific moment. We didn't play a video, and there were plenty of things we could have we could have chosen. You know, he went to a, he went to a world championships. He's got a world championship bronze medal. Admittedly, he didn't play a great part in that bronze medal final because Eric Shoji, who he very gracefully acknowledged as one of the the best Libros in the world, was ahead of him. But yeah, there were there were moments we could have picked on, but the the conversation just took itself in in that direction. I th- and I think that's why he was such a great guest. You didn't have to pull anything out of him. He was a completely mm. open book. I mean, even if you asked him something that maybe you might have been uncomfortable, or he just flowed with with uh-huh. information. I think, and I'm curious. Yeah. You know, Dave, you've done a lot of these now. Sometimes there have been people when you've had to full information like teeth but is it easier when you have people that are just willing to flow well look you know as well as i do that if we weren't putting an episode out that you know we want people to 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 listen to and be able to do something else in their day that could have been two three four hours could you imagine how interesting Mm. it'd be to go to a restaurant with him and just sit and eat and drink and and have a well put the world to rights really it'd be he's spot on he has to be a teacher of some kind and not a teacher in the traditional sense yes yeah but but he a leader a guide a i don't know like if the word guru is right but yeah mentor i think he could touch all people so well, I'm I'm glad you got on well, Keith. Both you, well, I mean, in terms of your performance, but also your relationship with one of your your YouTube and idols. And now we're now we're going to be best friends. And now he has to respond when I harass him online. <laughs> and you've got a legitimate reason to ask him about his feet from his big shoes. What? I am not the feet creep. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the anti-feet creep. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of relationships, I think mine is in jeopardy because I ate the chocolate out of the fridge earlier and I think it's just been... Uh, was it Cadbury's? It was Cadbury's. It was dairy milk with little bits nope, of dime that, bar. You're and done. Oh, lovely. You're done for. So this might be the final unscripted from this apartment with the nice setup. <laughs> the, next, the next unscripted, you'll have oh, half yes. the books, half the shelves. You're going to be living in your car from now on. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I'd have done well because none of them are my books. I'll tell you. Uh, that. Well, no, I'm glad oh, it all worked out me. well. And uh, I mean, obviously, coordinating it from Hawaii that was a bit of a challenge. He's only just gone there as well. 
Is that uh, why we're doing it today instead of yesterday? We normally do our unscripted. No, no, that's because of Dave. Oh, okay. But the only reason this is happening is because he asked to do it on the night we were going to do the unscripted. So I was like, well, we'll just coordinate everything. Right. You're sneaky little sneaksters, you two. Uh, right then, shall we uh, tie Dustin Watson up in a <laughs> nice pretty box and put it on a shelf until it's time yeah. to open it? Yeah, uh, my final thing is that it's just great to finally get a Libro on. I mean, that is how many yeah. unscripted, Dave? And Something like wow. 30, yeah, and we 30 are, lots. We are completely unfair in terms of our quantity of Libros. That, that should be at least five or six Libros if you look at the total, but yeah. They never... We've got to do our bit for Libros. <laughs> And what a what a start! There were like young. If if you're if you're listening to this for the first time, or you're a regular listener, and you haven't told your friends yet, if you could please tell your friends, great. Um, but also, if you know any young players, players who you think have got potential or feel they've got potential, and aren't getting the breakthrough in their team, but but feel as though they've got more to give, then he is a guy that you can really really learn from because it's it's an amazing story and forget forget all the other stuff forget his outlook on life and his and his plant-based diet and you know the his obvious benefits as a as a coach or a guru as as key put it just his story as a player of continual improvement and of perseverance is is one that should really be admired and revered yeah great guy great guy and we need we do need Mm. more libros but I don't think Key, I don't think Key's going to throw any more names forward, are you? Because yes. you don't know what's going to happen if you do. <laughs> if I throw any more names forward, I'm going to do all my research and preparation just in case. But was I right okay. or was I right? He was a great conversation. You were right. You were right. I t- do you know what would have been the dream, Matt? Is if he was a drummer. Oh yeah. Then we'd have had all boxes ticked and we could have all retired. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, right. Let's call it there. Uh, pleasure as always particularly this evening key great to have you on board i would apologize for throwing you under the bus but i am not sorry in the well i just know that our relationship has changed as of today i uh i look at you both in a different light (laughs) there's more trust well certainly matt and i trusting you exactly we know you can deal with surprises uh cheers matt Another another great idea yeah, from pleased, you. Pleased it came trying off. Trying to keep pleased it, pleased it came off. And and it's good <laughs> and it'd be good to listen to this back actually and see whether it works better with us doing yeah. it that way than recording it, releasing it, then watching it and talking about it. Oh so hey, so um, if who would you guys uh like to chat to just just randomly if you ha- who if I could if I could choose who I could yeah, chat to. Who would make you real nervous? Um, right, Dave, we should come up with a name that Key can be challenged with getting on for something and then Someone she's played with. Hmm. Or someone you've blocked. Gamova. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Write to her and say, hey, you oh, remember me? I blocked you once. <laughs> yeah, that's likely to happen. Um, oh, we'll uh, we'll set you some homework me. next week, Key. Let, let us have a think about okay. it. As you always get a week, we're going to take a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but your homework every week, Key, is to tell everyone when the podcasts come out. All right, so I've been practicing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be perfect. Then. The regular Ace Face comes out on Monday. The videos come out on Wednesdays. I thought you'd been practicing. Was that a question? You were so and unsure. And unscripted come out on Fridays. <laughs> All right, take two. But we're going to leave take one in the edit. Key, when do the podcasts come out? The regular podcast comes out Monday. 
Yeah. Videos come out Wednesday. Correct. And Unscripted comes out Friday. Ding, ding, ding. Three from three. And um, Matt, how else can they get involved? They can email to let us know whether we were cruel to Key or whether they just think it's fair game. <laughs> um, and that is the ace space at cev.eu. They're bullying me. Don't let them do this again, listeners. Um, or you can use social. Um, and the hashtag is yeah. let volleyball talk. We love so, to hear from yeah. you. Well, I certainly do. Um, so hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was a completely different experience and i'm gonna go and feel very relaxed somewhere now and i hope that you guys are too this has been the a space an unscripted special from a no longer flustered key michael (laughs) i know and myself dave rogers we'll see you again next time goodbye bye everyone